All right. Well, Hare Krishna to everyone, and welcome to this very special presentation today. For those unaware, we're um, we're, te- we're going through the Bhakti Vaibhava course in Washington D.C., and we came up to the fifth canto, and we've studied the first fifteen chapters without any, uh, without too much trouble. But then, getting to the sixteenth chapter and beyond, devotees started asking me questions that I could not answer about the uh, structure of the universe, etc. So then I turned to the Bhaktivedanta Institute for Higher Studies and my good friend, the director, Brahmatirtha Prabhu, and he has agreed to give us, uh, I don't know exactly what it will be, but something like it will be, well, it's the um, Mysteries of the Sacred Universe is the title, and hopefully it will answer all of our questions from chapter 16 to chapter 26. <laughs> but at least uh, an overview that will give us much more of a grasp of what we're going through as we're going through these chapters in the Bhagavatam. So thank you so much for, for joining us today and for those who are listening to the recording afterwards. And I'll ask Brahmatirtha Prabhu to introduce his colleagues and we will get started. Um, for... Those of you who read the fifth canto, you'll find it somewhat bewildering, and that is part of the pedagogy of the Bhagavatam. Certain parts, according to Bhaktivinoda Thakur, are intended to be bewildering. And we find, like, like for example, in the Iso Upanishad, we find uh, contradictory statements. I am everywhere, but I'm just here. And and statements like this that are paradoxical, the intention of paradoxical statements in any scripture is for the purpose of um, making us think deeper and go and and, and uh, go deeper into um, our understanding. And we find this in every religious tradition, such as the Bible. There are many paradoxical statements. And even Arjuna in the Gita was confused by some of the paradoxical statements of Krishna. And, and, and Krishna, which is it? Is it personal or impersonal? What's going on? And that's, so the fifth canto, you might say, is the epitome to make us go deeper. Now, my dear late friend, Sadaputta, uh, one of the true rare geniuses of the world, studied the fifth canto, and wondered about it. And devotees were quite bewildered, and Prabhupada himself asked several of his disciples, why don't you rewrite it? He said, and Prabhupada called for pundits, who, because Prabhupada's expertise in Sanskrit was not technical astronomy, so he asked for pundits. And finally, there was one pundit with a reputation that really could help. And devotees went looking for him, and he had just died. And every other pundit that came in wasn't, well, let's say it politely, they weren't very helpful. So um, nevertheless, uh, Prabhupada obviously understood the complexity of the universe, and he wanted his disciples to expand upon it. And he told them, you can rewrite it. That was the intention. Expand upon these complexities. And that was a mission for Prabhupada scientists. At the time the BI formed in 19, mid-70s, 
Prabhupada sent a letter out, send us all your pundits, PhDs to help us. You know, all five of all five devotee scholars. I, I was uh, one of them. There's just hardly any of us. Um, uh, so now, with so many devotee scholars, we have a chance to roll up our sleeves and go deeper. Sadaputta began that work in the fifth canto some 30 years ago. And as he explored it, I remember being with him when he kept telling me these eureka moments. And he took a few verses of the fifth canto. And um, he wrote two books on it. One book, and these are available online. All of Sadaputta's books are back in print on Amazon now. One of them um, was Vedic uh, Cosmography. And the other was Mysteries of the Sacred Universe. And these books, the Mysteries uh, discuss the larger picture. The Mysteries of the Sacred Universe, I'll give an example of what he did. He took just uh, uh, some verses, uh, half a dozen verses or so, and really rolled up his sleeves and said, what does this mean? The, we have this flat earth. It's talking about this boom mandala. It looks like a plane. And he realized, wait, it's talking about the orbits of the planets are flat. So he did some math, not complicated math. This is freshman in college math. And he realized that if we look at the universe from a geocentric point of view instead of a heliocentric, it doesn't make a difference. We can be moon-centric. We can mathematically make any point the reference point, all of a sudden it makes sense. And if you use the standard number for Yagnas, he could calculate how far Mars is from Venus and all of this. Huh? Scientists didn't know that until the middle of the 19th century. How is that possible? And then he wrote a book on it, among other things. And so the fifth canto, the message is um, that the fifth canto is something for the next millennium we'll be studying. And as we study, we can get deeper and deeper into it. And new correlations with astronomy occur. Uh, new mysteries are resolved. And the main point is it's, it's a work in progress. Now to bring us to the introduction to Murli Gopal. I have the privilege of serving on the board of directors of the Bhakti Center in New York. And while visiting there some little over a half a decade ago, I was sitting with the brahmacharis and um, I, just asking them, well, tell me about each of you. And one of them said, oh, yeah, I said, what do you do? He says, well, I like dancing and things, but I also have a PhD in um, um, uh, quantum physics, experimental physics. I said, huh? Have you ever read Sadaputta's books? I said, oh, yeah. And we talked about it. I realized, my God, he understood the books. And I said, what a gem. Meanwhile, back in Florida, we were reprinting Sadaputta's books, several of his friends and colleagues together. We were trying to get them all in print again. And I brought Murli Gopal down to meet with us. And we realized that let's revive the Bhaktivedanta Institute as Prabhupada originally intended it to deal with issues of cosmolo cos 
cosmography, cosmology, and above all, consciousness studies. And from these meetings, we had a revival of the Bakhtabad Institute. Now, there are other branches of the Institute. They do wonderful things, and we try to work very cooperatively with them. Yet we felt the core, some of the core mission really needed a lot more attention than it was given. And a year and a half ago, we had a conference. We said, let's gather all the PhDs, as Prabhupada called for, in uh, a letter to Rupa Nuga in the mid-'70s. And we called for all the PhDs, and 50 from all over the world, five continents showed up. 400 people came for an, our opening session. Uh, we had very famous scientists, which Prabhupada in the October 1977 Life Comes from Life conference in Vrindavan, uh, we had some very famous scientists come there. Prabhupada wanted a dialogue with them. Every night, Prabhupada was too sick to go. He'd call us into his room for the Sankatan report. And he'd say, so what did they say? What did you say? What were the arguments? He wanted to hear it. And we shared it with Prabhupada. And he was really quite happy about it. So to continue that tradition, we set up this conference, and now we're continuing with the BI. In um, We have a website. I'm going to put our website. It just went live two weeks ago to let you know what we're doing, all our biographies and everything's there. I'll type it uh, uh, into the chat right now. And, um, and you can contact us if you like. Now to go more to Murli Gopal. Murli Gopal has his PhD in uh, experimental physics. For the last three years, he's been taking the most advanced courses in theoretical physics at NYU, an uh, equivalent of postdoc work. He does some postdoc work, work with a SUNY professor, and he is a fantastic breakdancer. So um, there are YouTube videos. You can Google it if, if you want to see it. Uh, I'm not sure if it will embarrass him or not, but if it does, then I've accomplished what I just wanted to do. But a, a fantastic dancer, fantastic person, uh, and really um, understands what Sadaputa was trying to do with the fifth canto. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Murli Gopal. I wanted to give a context here and let him introduce you um, to the fifth canto. There'll be plenty of time for questions uh, near the end, especially if I um, end, end my overly long introduction quickly. If while he's speaking, you have any questions, you can on Zoom uh, hit the raise your hand button. Uh, if you don't know where it is, you go to the upper right hand corner. Uh, uh, it's actually uh, on, on, it's in the chat section, I believe. Um, I'm not actually sure where it is. I'm going to let Roger Vihari tell you where the raise your hand is. But, uh, oh, I know. You just hit participants on the bottom, and it shows up. And over there, there's a place um, where you can click on your own icon and raise your hand. Um, and if you raise your hand, uh, we'll try to call on you at the first break. With further ado, I turn it over to Murali Gopal. Merle, it's all yours. Thank you very much. Thank you, Krishna. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, yeah, thank you for this opportunity to 
One other thing before you start, really, this is going to be hard. Uh, the other thing you do, maybe someone will find the raise your hand thing. Uh, just write something in the chat box, and we'll monitor the chat box. Go ahead, Marley. Okay. Um, yeah, if, if you could monitor the chat box, that'd be great, because I, I'd like to focus on the other things. So um, thank you very much for this opportunity to be with all of you. Um, it's, um, it's a privilege to be able to, to speak to you on the, on the fifth canto. It is uh, quite um, a difficult subject matter, but I hope that after today, it will be a little bit more accessible. Um, let, me, let me share with you my, my PowerPoint presentation, uh, because you will need visuals here. Visuals are very, very important. Okay, so, so let us start with the benefits, because you know this is gonna be a very difficult thing, so you wanna know uh, what the benefits are uh, to keep you going throughout it all. Uh, at the very beginning of the of this whole talk on on cosmography in the 16th chapter of the fifth canto, Shukadev uh, Goswami tells Maharaj Parikshit what is the benefit of him hearing what he's going to explain, and he says that uh, when the mind is fixed upon the supreme personality of Godhead and its external feature made of the material modes of nature, the gross universal form, this mind is brought to the platform of pure goodness. And in that transcendence position, one can understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead Vasudev. So just by listening to, you know, by, by listening to this, you will be able to get your, your mind more into the mode of, of pure goodness. So that's good. Um, this is not your typical astronomy class. That's what. And at the end of all this, uh, at the very, you know, on, on the 26th chapter, when, when he has completed all, he says that if one reads the description of this external form of the Lord with great faith, or if one hears about it or explains it to others to propagate Bhagavad Dharma or Krishna consciousness, his faith and devotion in spiritual consciousness, Krishna consciousness, will gradually increase. So by hearing uh, this description, you will both get your mind more into the, into the mode of pure goodness, and also your faith and devotion in spiritual consciousness will gradually increase. That's a good uh, thing to, to know before you go into it. So even if you don't understand anything, like uh, just by hearing it, you, you have benefited. So let us start with the big picture. Most of the features of the Srimad Bhagavatam creation, uh, which have been told in the second canto, uh, you, you might remember, are pretty much understood on a general level without much conflict. We know that there's the Vaikuntha Lokas, where uh, the, the biggest part is uh, the Goloka Vrindavan. Then there's Mount Kailash with uh, Lord Shiva right in between the Vaikuntha Loka and the, uh, the spiritual uh, and the material world. Uh, there's Brahma Jyoti in between there. Uh, in this, uh, in, in, in this uh, material world, uh, Karana Daksha Vishnu or Mahavishnu is uh, creating all the material universes uh, that are emanating from the force of his body. And uh, in the smallest one there, you know, there, there's where we are, this universe, where uh, Lord Garbhata uh, Kashaji uh, Vishnu creates, uh, um, creates uh, Lord Brahma, and Lord Brahma, um, you know, in turn, uh, you know, creates the, the, the rest of the, uh, of, of, uh, of the material universe within here. Now, now that we know that, this universe, in the fifth canto, it is said, it is divided into two parts, uh, the heavenly region and the subterranean region, right? This, this, this uh, universe, the Brahmanda, is, is divided into two, 
by this disk that is called Bhu Mandala. Uh, Bhu means earth and Mandala means region or disk or um, has different meanings, but you say like the earth disk. And this uh, Bhu Mandala is, um, you know, it has the, these features that is called, you know, these concentric rings that are called um, islands and oceans, dvipas and, uh, and oceans. So here's a, a zoom in into that. Uh, and you will, you will notice how in the center there is the very famous Mount Meru, we'll, which we'll talk about, this, this huge mountain. And then there is the, these concentric rings of ocean, uh, island, ocean, island, ocean, island. The diameter of this Bumandala, uh, one, one thing to keep in mind, is huge. It's a little bit over the orbit of Uranus. So it's huge. The inner portion of it, it's called Satavip. Uh, Satavip means the seven islands. And these seven islands go, as I mentioned, in terms of uh, island, ocean, island, ocean, island, ocean. Uh, the, in, in, the, in this, uh, after, after these, the, the Satavip, there, there are three more regions. One that is called Loka, or inhabited. Then there is the second region, which is called Kanchanibumi. If you can see down here, uh, there, there's a... And then uh, after that, there's this third region that is called Alokavarsha, or the uninhabited region. And the inhabited region and the uninhabited region are separated by this big mountain that is called Loka Loka Mountain. This Loka Loka Mountain is said to be huge. It goes from Bumandala all the way to the, to the uh, pole star, or Druva Loka. Here's a, a quick uh, video. This was done by Sayaputta Prabhu. This center island is called Jambudvip, as we will see in a second. That's where we are, right there. This, this is Mount Meru, the, the big, the, this cone-like mountain. And on top of it, there's the cities of Lord Brahma and the, and the guardians of the directions. That is a salt ocean around uh, Jambudvip. And then there's a series of rings of ocean island ocean island like that all the way up to this uh, kanchanibumi the the golden land and then we see here this is the this gray uh, mountain range that's the loka loka mountain right and then we take a look all right so here that's that's like the the, the big picture um as i as I mentioned before it goes from island to ocean the the features of this is that um the island and the ocean that surrounds it both have the same thickness, but the island that surrounds that ocean will have twice the thickness. So if you notice, the, 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 the rings got bigger and bigger as they went out, and that's because of this uh, ratio, that the island the ocean that surrounds it have the same, um, have the same thickness, but the island that surrounds the ocean here, uh, that, that, that is twice the, the thickness. The last, uh, the, the last um, island that that we see in Saptadvip, right? The, uh, in the last island, it has this um, this mountain range that is called the Manasotara Mountain that goes right in the middle of it. This Manasotara Mountain uh, will link the the is linked with the with the orbit of the sun. Here's a picture of it. So it is said that the the, the chariot of the sun has 
the axle going from Mount Meru, right here in the, in the middle of Pumandula, all the way up to Manasutra Mountain. Uh, it is important to note that, that this uh, wheel here is um, it, it's talked about in a very uh, interesting way. It says that, that uh, like the spokes are the different uh, months and the, and the hub is divided into the four uh, in, in, into the four um, uh, time periods of, of the year, like the Chaturmasya and all that. Um, so the so, so it's not it doesn't give it as a, as a physical wheel, but more uh, in in an abstract kind of way. This is more to scale. Yeah, this is what the what, what it really looks like. Sorry. Uh, here's the Mount Satra Mountain on the way, and Mount Mary is all the way down um, in the back there. Now, this feature of uh, doubling the the size of the island. Uh, is it only goes up to Saptadweep. After Saptadweep, then Loka Mountain uh, has, a, it has a different um, thickness. It is said that the thickness of Loka Mountain is the same thickness as, as is the same radius as the radius of the um, Manasotara Mountain. And then Kanchanibhumi is uh, the thickness is actually going all the way out to the middle of Bumandala. And that is where Loka Loka Mountain is. Uh, the interesting thing about Loka Loka Mountain is that it says that um, it it is uh, it blocks the, the the rays of the sun, so that uh, the sun never goes into this Aloka Varsha. So this Aloka Varsha, this uninhabited region, is there because it is said that uh, it is so uh, so dark that you can't see anything. Uh, when when Krishna went with Arjuna to go uh, and rescue the, the the sons of the Brahmana, you might remember that it is said that, that they crossed to this region where, where it was like so dark that the horses you know couldn't go any further, and Krishna had to send his darshan chakra in front of them so they could go through it. Well, they were going through this aloka varsha. That, that's where it was going through, right? Uh, yeah. So let's keep going. Talking about rings, this is the Lord of the Rings. Um, if you if you read, that, that must have been Brahmatirta's uh, help with that. Uh, this power. <laughs> um, we 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 try to keep it light every now and then because it's it, this thing is so heavy. <laughs> um, okay, this is going to be a bad one. I plead the fifth. <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. Oh. Okay. So if you if you read the description of Shatavip, the seven islands, you will see that um, you know you have the different islands: Jambudvip, Plakshadvip, Shamalidvip, Kushadvip, Kranchadvip, Shakadvip, and Pushkardvip. Each one of these is named after you know some some different thing. Most of them after trees, like Jambu is the rose apple tree. Um, Indian fig trees, the cotton tree, like that. It will talk to you also about the worship. Each one worships uh, different uh, different aspects of the Lord. Like um, in Plakshadweep, for example, they they worship the, uh, the 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 Lord in his feature of the of the sun. Uh, in Shamalidweep, the moon, and so on. Uh, and around these uh, these deepas, there's a surrounding ocean, which is which are not your usual oceans. Our, our, the, the ocean that surrounds us is 
the one of salt water, but then there is ones of sugarcane juice, liquor, ghee, milk, yogurt, and fresh water. So the, these are very different. Um, if you, you might you might uh, have heard about you know passants happening in the milk ocean, right? Well, you know that's the, here is the Shiroda, the the milk ocean. Um, and you will also uh, read about and uh, again I'm trying to to condense 11 chapters in less than one hour. So please, uh, you know, forgive me if I'm not going to, into all the details here. Uh, each one of these um, dvipas has a unique feature uh, that, 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 that you know, makes it, for example, in Shamali Dvip, Garuda lives there in the Shamali tree. Uh, in, uh, in Pushkar Dvip, there's a lotus flower with 100 million golden petals, and it's a dead Lord Brahma uh, you know, it sits there and is worshipped there. Good. This is why we haven't been contacted by intelligent life from other planets. Okay, okay another good one. <laughs> now, uh, it is said that Bumandala is, is described to be like a lotus. And here's a picture of a lotus so that you can uh, see, you know, why, why, why it's such. This pericarp at the very um, center of it looks like uh, like Bumandala, right? Uh, sorry, like Mount Meru. And um, it, you know, if, if you if you look at the at the uh, structure of the of the petals, they sort of look like they're they're making uh, circles around it, uh, sort of concentric circles around it. So that is why it is um, described as a lotus. Now, interesting things you will see that um, here they're going to throw you so many different numbers. Like for example, the idea uh, they, they they will tell you that uh, Jambudvip, the center island, where where uh, Mount Meru, it, it, sometimes it's called Mount Meru, sometimes it's called Mount Sumeru. It's the same thing. Uh, here, then you have the, um, that it's um, one hundred thousand yojanas. What the the yojana is the the um, a unit of measurement. Um, Chaturputta Prabhu did a lot of research. There's there there's different types of um, uh, definitions for the yojana, and uh, sometimes you will you will see that uh, it it tells you that the the yojana is uh, maybe like more towards five miles, and sometimes it's more towards eight. Uh, in the Bhagavatam, it seems like it 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 uh, it takes more like the uh, eight miles per yojana. While in uh, texts like the the Surya Siddhanta and um, and all the Jyotish, they take more the five miles per uh, per yojana. Prabhupada generally took uh, eight miles per yojana, so that, that's that you can understand it. Now, so this uh, Jambudvip has a diameter of one hundred thousand yojanas. The diameter of the Earth, just so that you can have. Uh, an idea of it, right, is uh, is about one hundred sorry one thousand yojanas. That's the Earth's diameter. Notice how small our entire Earth is compared to Jambudvip, right? It's a hundred times smaller. Now Mount Meru, uh, so, you know, some uh, if you look at uh, the the, the Shastras, the Shastras have always had this, um, you know. Uh, Difficulty understanding the 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 the, the, the Puranas because the the Jyotisha, the sorry the 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 people who work with the Jyotish even in medieval times 
they they were always going, um, you know, asking the Pauranikas, the, the those who followed the the Puranas, what do you mean by all this? And I'm I'm just going to be throwing you right now all of what uh, the Bhagavatam says, and later I'm going to try to give you some of the um, understandings that we have developed on it. So if you st if you're starting if your mind is starting to to go like this at this moment, don't worry. You know, we'll we'll analyze it later. You know, like how is all this actually uh, making making sense? But do 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 uh, do note that that you're going to be uh, your your mind is going to be blown if this is the first time that you're hearing about it, and it's okay. It's okay for your mind to be blown in a way. So um, just for comparison here, as I said, Earth diameter is a thousand yojanas. Yambud width is one hundred thousand yojanas. The way that the Jyoti Shastras have tried to understand it uh, has been by saying that Mount Meru is maybe the Earth's polar axis, and some historians uh, of uh, of the uh, Hindu literatures uh, say that it might also be the Pamir Mountains. Be it as it may, you know, the, well, these are just uh, interpretations uh, of it. We'll, we'll we'll look more into into different understandings later. In the in the center right here uh, of uh, at the top and the center of Mount uh, Meru is um, something called Brahmapuri, the, the city of Brahma. This is not, by the way, this is not uh, Satyaloka. This is this is a different place. Now, some people have a, a hard time saying, like, well, is, if Lord Brahma is there, you know, is, is he not in Brahma in in, in Satyaloka? Well, yeah, you know, like. You can you can be in many different places. You uh, you don't you you uh, the CEO of a, of a of a big multinational company. You know he can have many different houses. He have he can have many different uh, in, in in different places of the world, and he can have many different offices in different parts of the world. So um, you know he could he could go to to this uh, Brahmapuri, which is on top of Mount Meru, and he can also be. Uh, in in Pushkaradvip, which is the last of the of the seven islands of Saptadvip, and he can also you know be in in um, in, in Brahmaloka in Satyaloka, which is at the top of the universe. So um, yeah, he can just go back and forth. There's no problem with that. All, uh, around Brahma, this Brahmapuri, it is said to be the cities of the of the Lokapalas, the the, the guardians of the of, of the directions. So you have Kuvera, Vayu, Varuna, uh, Yama, Agni, etc. You will the, uh, the, this on top of uh, of Mount Meru is falling this uh, this um, this cascade. This is uh, the 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 Ganga, which is coming from the heavenly planets and hitting here. And from here, it separates into four branches in the four directions. This descent of the Ganges is also explained in the in the fifth canto. It says that uh, it's coming. If if you remember, the the Ganges was created when Lord Vamanadev hit the, the the covering of the universe with his toe, and then the water from the coastal ocean started seeping in. So that one goes and first hits Satyaloka, and then it starts going down through through the uh, Tapalokam, Janalokam, Harlokam, which are uh, places where where the different rishis live uh people that, that that have a lot of mystical power and, and where they're just doing yagyas and meditation all the time goes down to Druvaloka, right 
when it goes down to Dhruva Loka, it keeps going down to Saptarishi. Saptarishi can also be said to be um, uh, the, the um, what is it, uh, the Ur Ursa Major uh, or the Big Dipper in, in Western astronomy. Uh, I'm really going I'm going to just pause a second to say mm -hmm. we got about uh, half a dozen questions. Some of them are big picture questions. Okay. And when was the right time for us to start introducing these big picture questions? Because I, I, uh, 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 I mean, uh, or how many more slides do you have? I just want to. I have a lot of slides, so if, if I know, you, if, so, so let, 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 let's just take, let us take these questions. Let us take these questions. Uh, okay. Is there any other slides that kind of give the bigger picture you want to point to first? Because the questions always revolve around that. Uh, no. Let's let's go, let's take those big picture questions. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna uh, begin. Uh, first question: uh, Do we need to enter another dimension to realize these regions? Are they in the spiritual realm or still within the realm of modern science? And uh, the same questioner says, does Garuda simultaneously manifest in Vaikuntha and Salmali? Okay, so let's let's see about that. I'll, I'll go back just uh, just a moment here to show you this um, this one here. So if you if you notice, I I talked. First, that there is the, the, the Vaikuntha Loka. This is the spiritual world. This is where people go to when, when they have finally, you know, uh, learned uh, the art of of, um, of serving the Lord with unalloyed devotion. Uh, here is where we are in the material world, right? And uh, and so we, th this is spiritual up here. This is material down here. Material science, material everything. It goes when we're talking about this universe right here. That, that, that is the, that this, is, this is where, where science can still have something to say. When we, when we leave this, this universe, when we go up to here, like we, we no longer know, you know how, how the laws of nature work. You know, as the, but as, as, as far, you know, we, we, can, we, we, can, we can talk about the, the, the laws of nature like that right here within this universe. Uh, there was more to your to your question. Uh, you're muted, Prabhu. Uh, Prabhu, you're muted. Do we need to reconcile with other dimensions? It could be that within this universe there are different dimensions. It is possible. Uh, this is this is one of the things that that we are currently looking at the Bhaktivedanta Institute for Higher Studies to see whether we need to include extra spatial dimensions or dimensions of different sorts. Okay. But that that, that is one point. Yes. Okay, and and um, the uh, next one is, um, let me see. Well, let's see. How do we reconcile the dimensions of our saltwater ocean with the one mentioned in the Bhagavatam? And a uh, follow-up question is, what about the different varshas on Jambu Dweep? Okay, um, I will I will talk a little bit about that uh, later on. But just so that you can have, uh, you know, um, understanding right here, um, we we are looking at this moment at at uh, different possibilities. One is that there could be 
extra spatial dimensions, you know, that, that we just don't have access to. Another is that, uh, we, it is possible that we are only able to, to like, just as, as our eyes can only see within a certain amount of the spectrum of light, right? Maybe it is possible. This, this is just, uh, you know, some, uh, some ideas. It is possible that our minds are only able to, to detect, to perceive within a certain range of, um, of the modes of material nature. And that these other places are, you know, outside that range. You know, they're, they're more into the mode of goodness or more into the mode of, uh, passion or ignorance. And we are only able to see a certain amount of it. Or it may be that at this moment we are in a place of lockdown. Kali Yuga lockdown. <laughs> um, there's a, there's two people have their hand raised. One is Sundar Gopal Prabhu. If he could go off of mute and ask his question. And then Andy after that. Gopal Prabhu for this nice presentation. And I'm not sure if you are going to cover this part, but I wanted to know if you can explain, um, you know, how the day and night happens on earth as per Bhagavatam. I understand, you know, the sun moves in Antariksha from Lord Indra's place in East to South, mm -hmm. to Lord Yama's place, to Varuna's place, and then in the North to Lord Soma. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so that, that makes the one day of the, you know, demigods. But how, you know, the day and night happens that I couldn't understand so far. I just like to understand that part. Okay. Um, this, this is a good question. Uh, it deals with the, with the movements of the sun. I will, I will just touch upon it in this presentation, but, uh, that, 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 but if you ask, if you want, I can at the end, if we, if we still have some time and if people still have the bandwidth capacity, I will, I, I have a couple of slides that go specifically into that. Thank you. Yes. We may ask you for an encore sometime. Go ahead. Okay. Ed. Yeah. Uh, if I could, I just want to point out, uh, during the coronavirus, I've been watching physics videos from Stanford with uh, Leonard Susskind. Mm -hmm. You probably heard of him. Yeah, he's super, super famous. And uh, he just mentioned in one that their current estimation is that past the observable universe, which is as far as you could go. So if you send a telescope as far as you could go and looked as far, you know, like as possible, they think that the region of the universe outside what is possible to observe is at least a thousand times bigger than what they can observe. So they, that's just their estimate. So that agrees completely with this slide that you're showing. It's just out there and it's physically impossible to see it because of the horizon. And you understand that a lot more than I do because of physics. But so this yeah. is very, so far I've seen nothing really, uh, that confused me too much. Okay. That's, that's great. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you Andy. Why don't you continue, Merle? Okay. So let, let's continue because yeah, then there's. As, as I said, there, there's so much to, to talk about in this, but you know, I'm, I'm really trying to condense it as much as possible. Maybe we'll do one more question because I think this fits in. Sundara okay. Gopal has a question. Do you want to um, okay. unmute Prabhu, and I, say something? I already asked. The, it is the same question that I asked. So same question. Okay. Just, yeah, I, I, so I want to make so I'll lower your hand. Okay. I thought there was clarification. Merle, it's all yours, but. Uh, um, while I'm interrupting, let me say, uh, Ed, another thing. When I met Merle Gopal and he understood that he understood that he really was rolling up his sleeves getting into Sataputta, I shared with him 
the one lament Sadaputra Prabhu had, and he expresses many times that he never knew Sanskrit. I mean, he knew Devanagari just from sitting in Bhagavatam classes. I mean, he could just learn it that way. But to actually know Sanskrit requires his studies. And why I, I really need some Sanskrit to get in the fifth canto. So we sent uh, Merle Gopal uh, back to school for six semesters uh, up through advanced Sanskrit by the top instructor in America at this time, which is at Columbia University. So uh, he could get up to speed. But in a bigger picture, and we'll talk about this at the end, why is the fifth canto being presented? And the purpose of the fifth canto being presented, and this is the point being made by Sugadev Goswami, the purpose of the fifth canto is one and only one purpose, to take us to Krishna, like the whole Bhagavatam does. Now, you might ask, how does the fifth canto take us to Krishna? It's in several ways, and at the end we'll get into this more. It's certainly just like when Krishna revealed the universal form to Arjuna, it kind of shocked him into a certain reality. Oh my God, this is bigger than me. And it gives us a certain humility. In a similar way, when the fifth canto is like a demigod's view, just like a, a, a momentary glance at what the universe could look like if we had the eyes of a demigod. Merle Gopal referred to, you know, our eyes only see such a narrow area of the electromagnetic spectrum, let alone what's beyond the electromagnetic spectrum. But there's such a small area just between infrared and ultraviolet, not much. So imagine if we could see, see more. One of the little tricks I do for my grandkids is I build a clown chamber and so they could see the cosmic rays that are for every moment going through our body and going through everything. And when I show them in this chamber, they can see the trails of cosmic rays. I mean, that's all there? It's like a wake-up moment for them. And, and that's my intention. So there's so much that we don't see. So the fifth canto gives us a chance to see it. At the same time, in the mood of the universal form in the Gita, it gives us that humility. I mean, here we are. Um, uh, uh, one time, uh, just a little Prabhupada story as an aside, Prabhupada was chastising one of his senior leaders, and he said to him, there are so many planets in the universe, and of all... And, and so many planets, so many people. And then on Earth, there's so many countries and so many billions of people. And then in this country, there's so many states and cities going on. And then within our state, there's so many temples. And within our temples, there's so many people. And then there's you. And you think you're so important. <laughs> and it was well, like one of the top senior people in the movement. So Prabhupada gave him that. I'm shortening the story, but gave him that uh, uh, that to add some humility. So part of the fifth canto does, I mean, I find it personally for me, does give me some humility. And then with that humility, it, we, we have some awe, but in deeper and more profound ways, which we'll get to the purpose of the fifth canto. That's the overall theme. That's why the TOVP is being done. 
the whole purpose is, is like the rest of the purpose of Bhagavatam, the fifth canto. With that, I'm going to turn this back to Murli Gopal. Please continue. Okay, so um, as I was just explaining, the, the Ganges goes down from the uh, from the top of the universe all the way down to um, to Saptarishi, which is the Ursa Major or the Big Dipper that we call. Right there, it is said that uh, you know, with um, millions of um, of of these uh, uh, airplanes. The, the water is carried is uh, it starts going back again down you know falling uh, all the way down to earth uh, here it, when it hits earth it hits right on top of Mount Meru and it divides into into four branches the southern branch is called the Alakananda River and that one is the one that we uh, see as the Ganges in India so here's a little video so that you can see here's the you know the city of Burma and the city of the Lokapalas the, the different um, Guardians of the of the directions, and we're going down. You know, one of the, these branches of the river goes down all the way, getting the jambu tree there. All right, so that so let us look a little bit more uh, into this uh, jambu tree, this central island that has that, that, that where where we're located, and and you will see in the in the middle. Uh, is, uh, is, is this yellow um, circle, which represents uh, Mount Meru, right? All the, you have the, the dimensions for, for all of these um, uh, different countries, these different varshas. There, there are nine varshas. Jambudvip is divided into nine varshas. The, the, the southernmost varsha is Bharat Varsha. This is where we are, right? And here, here's the, the different um, uh, branches of the river that go. And the different dimensions that, that are in them, uh, uh, these ones are 9,000 yojanas. The, um, the, the, this, this one here is 34,000 yojanas. All of this is in, in tens of thousands of yojanas. Again, remember, the Earth's circumference is um, 3,125 yojanas. That's the circumference of the Earth. So in, in comparison to that, notice that Bharat Varsha, right? The, the, Bharat Varsha is, is uh, separated from Kimpurusha Varsha by the Himalayas. And these Himalayas, it is said that the, 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 this length here is 60,000 yojanas. Again, remember, the Earth's circumference is 3,000 yojanas, but it is said that the length of the, of the Himalayas is 60,000 yojanas. And the height of, of, uh, of this is 10,000 yojanas. And the, and, and the width of the Himalayas is 2,000 yojanas. Now, if you, if you take the, the Mount Everest, which is the highest peak uh, on Earth and is located in the, in the Himalayas, it really only goes to 0.7 yojanas. Only 0.7, not 10,000. And if you go, you know, if, if, you, if you say like, well, maybe, maybe the, the, the water level, you know, it... it it's it varied between from the Mariana Trench, which is the lowest point on Earth that we can think of. It's in the Pacific. It's deep down the Mariana Trench, and it all the way up to Mount Everest. I think it amounts to just like you know one or two yojanas compared to ten thousand yojanas. 
So clearly, there is something more at hand here than, than what it's um, than what the eye. Also, it is said that Bharadvasha uh, is the um, fruit of peace. It's the place where the humans live. The other place is only when, uh, like, when you when when the demigods are finished with their with their pious credits, the last little amount of that they, that they have, they take it and they use it uh, by living ten thousand years in one of these places. This is called the earthly um, the earthly uh, heavens, Palmas Varga, which is different from Divya's Varga, the, the the celestial heavens. And so after they finish off completely all their pious credits, then they take birth finally in Bharat Varsha. Now, just for comparison again, uh, this uh, Mount Meru is said to be 100,000 yojanas high. 32,000 yojanas in, um, is, is the, the, the diameter of this. Um, 16,000 yojanas, the lower diameter. And it is said that 16,000 yojanas are below ground and 84,000 are above ground. Now, in comparison, just so that you can uh, understand like this, the International Space Station. Did anybody see uh, the docking of Elon Musk on the International Space Station you know, just a couple of weeks ago? Uh, anyway, so the International Space Station is around 44 yojanas above sea level. 44 yojanas compared to 84,000 yojanas, which is this Mount Meru, right? The geocorona, the, uh, which is several radia of the Earth, is only 77 yojanas. So when we're talking about Mount Meru being 84,000 yojanas high, you're really saying this is extremely high. It is basically the, it is, let me, let me show you here. The, the distance from here to the moon is 30,000, it's almost 30,000 yojanas. 30,000 yojanas, you know, it's, it's, it's almost three, it's almost, that, that what, it, what it's meaning is that uh, Mount Mary is almost three times, almost three times the distance from here to the moon. Just so that you can get a perspective of how, how high Mount Mary really is. Almost three times the distance from here to the moon. Uh, all of these will help you feel good about yourself. The vastness of the universe makes me feel so small and insignificant. Yep. So not only humble, but it also makes you feel good about yourself. Okay. Um, it is said that, that in each one of these different varshas that, that make up uh, Jambudvip, uh, there's, there's an avatar there, uh, that, that is worshipped there. So for example, um, here in Kimpurusha Varsha, that is right above Bharat Varsha, it is Lord Ramachandra, the avatar. And who is the worshipper uh, there? For him, Hanuman. Hari Varsha, which is uh, above that, is uh, the, the avatar is Nishingadev, and Prahlad Maharaj is the one who, who worships him. And in Bharat Varsha, in the avatar of Bharat Varsha is Nar Narayan Rishi, and the worshipper is Narada Muni. If you, if you remember, at the very beginning of the, of the Bhagavatam, uh, we, uh, we hear Vyasadev paying his obeisances to Naranarayan Rishi, right? Now, as I, as I mentioned here, the, aside, aside from Bharadvarsha, all the other are heavenly regions. 
and the inhabitants there, they live for 10,000 years. Their bodies are like thunderbolts. They have the strength of 10,000 elephants and they have sex until one year of life remains where, um, where, where the, the, uh, they get pregnant. And that's when you know that, you know, your time is up. It is said that in these regions of, 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 uh, Jambudvip, uh, the Upadevas enjoy in the four lakes that surround Mount Sumeru. And it said that the best demigods with wives enjoy in the gardens near the lakes while their glories are sung by the Gandharvas. And there's a mango juice river that, may, uh, that makes the wives of the Yakshas fragrant just by drinking it. Uh, and there's also a section of Ilavrita Varsha where only females are allowed. Uh, you will read that in the ninth canto where some, some kings try to inadvertently cross this region and they find themselves and their horses all turned into females. This is, uh, this is the place where, where, where uh, Lord Shiva uh, lives uh, in meditation of, uh, of Lord Anantashesha. And he lives there with, with his wife, uh, uh, Parvati. It is said also that um, this river that is, comes from the uh, broken fruits of the Jambu tree, it generates gold that is enjoyed by great demigods and wives. And this river has many benefits, like no wrinkles or gray hair. If you drink it, there's no fatigue ever. You have a fragrant perspiration, not afflicted by old age, disease, or untimely death. No suffering from heat or cold. Bodies are always lustrous and no anxieties until death. So these are really heavenly regions. This is not just, we're not talking about uh, a place where, where, oh, they, you know, it's, it's sort of like uh, our earth. No, this is, Nothing like what we experience here, really. What is it so special about Varvarsha, though? Varvarsha is a place where you take birth according to your karma. Great personalities in the mode of goodness, uh, ordinary humans in the mode of passion, and extremely abominable personalities in the mode of ignorance. There are unique spiritual opportunities that are not available in the heavenly regions, and therefore the demigods are aspiring to take birth here. We've heard that many times in many lectures. Uh, and we see that also that there's a parallel reality to this, that there's a parallel heavenly aspect to this Bard Varsha, uh, that, that we are not aware of. Um, there, you know, there's, 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 um, there's so many yagyas and so many things that, uh, Manu and, uh, and, and, uh, other, um, important personalities are said to, to have come here, you know, to places like, like the Ganges and like that. And, but we don't, we don't see them. We, 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 we just see like a, a very ordinary uh, perspective of it. Now, below the earth, it is said to be the, the lower systems, Bilvasvarga, uh, the underground heavens. If you ask the, the people who do uh, Jyot Shastra, right? The Jyoti Shastra uh, tries to explain, the, the, the people who, who study Jyoti Shastra try to explain uh, these uh, lower planetary systems as chasms or openings in the earth. If you ask any any uh, ge geologist nowadays, uh, is this is this possible? You know, are there chasms that we don't know about? Well, first of all, they'll tell you that we know less about what's going on under you know underneath the earth than we know about the heavens. And second, they will also tell you that they do not believe that there are such big chasms that, you know, that, that where, where these kind of things could, could happen because you would have already uh, seen it 
through the seismic waves. Whenever there's a, there's a big uh, earthquake somewhere, there are waves that, that travel throughout the whole earth. And there are different um, machines that pick up on these around the whole earth. And there are different waves, the, the waves that, 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 that are picked up, if there were chasms, they, they would show that in, in, in a specific way. And they have never seen that if there are big chasms. So uh, these, uh, these low planetary systems, we can understand that are most likely in a different dimension or again, in, they're not just, if you, if you take your, uh, your uh, spade and you, and you try to make a hole, you will not go there. You have to travel there by different means. Uh, but there may be some portals through the earth that get you there. Um, this Villas Farga, uh, you have to be careful not to confuse it with the, the hells. The Bilva, the, the Villas Varga are the subterranean heavens. It is said, they are said to be more opulent than Divya Varga, than, than the celestial heavens, more, more opulent than the Indra's palace and all that, because these people that live here are extremely materialistic. It is said that the, the sun, the, the rays of the sun never, never reach there. Uh, it's, uh, it's inhabited by, by the Danavas, by the Daityas, by the Nagas, all the, all these people that don't want to submit to, to, uh, to the Lord. And, uh, they're, um, they're, they're, they're the Atala, Vitala, Sutala, Talatala, Mahatala, Rasatala, and, and Patala. So all of these are heavenly regions on, underneath. Uh, as I mentioned before, this bill can be reached by entering holes in the earth, uh, but it is not just going through through those holes. It is said that also that uh, there are like there's time shifts that happen uh, in it. And in many cultures, for example, in the Mahabharata in China and Hawaii, they have been talking about these uh, these uh, openings in the earth that take you to these heavenly realm places. Uh, and uh, in Patala, for example, it is said that the shape-shifting nagas have jewels in them that are the ones that are uh, creating the light by which you can see in, in, the, in, these, um, in, in these underground heavens because there's no natural light. Now, below this is Naraka, the hells. Yes, it is a place of suffering. It is, uh, it is ruled by Yamaraj and justice is imparted there. People who have been uh, very sinful in their lives, they go there and they... Um, and, and they suffer, but this is not an eternal suffering. That's important to, to, to note. It's not an, an eternal, uh, unlike the, the, the Christian uh, uh, understanding or yeah, the, the Judeo-Christian understanding that, that is forever. This is not forever, but you do suffer a lot. And the, this, there, there's very graphic descriptions that I'm not, going, I'm not going to go into. And it is because of this description that Maharaj Parikshit at, becomes very concerned and asks, well, how can I how can we prevent this from happening? And that's what takes you to the, to the next canto. We're, down here, there's also Pitriloka, which is actually a heavenly region down here. There's also another Pitriloka that, that is talked about that is in the, in, the, uh, in the celestial heavens. And there's another Pitriloka somewhere else that I can't remember right now. But there are diff different heavenly regions. There, there are different Pitrilokas everywhere. Here is one of them. Uh, and you could say that that that, um, that these Pitrilokas are like the Christian out of body experiences. Maybe that's what the the Christians are experiencing when they say like, "Oh, I saw my father, and uh, he was waiting there for me," and and like that. 
maybe that's what you know they're they're experiencing. Maybe not, uh, but this is one possibility. Uh, generally, if you uh, the the pitries there, you you give them the the, the pinda, you know, you offer the the pinda to them, and while while somebody is still on earth offering them all of these um, yagyas, then they're able to stay there. Once once that is done, then they have to come back down and take birth in that same family where they got that, that those oblations from. Uh, and at the bottom there of the universe, uh, we see that is Ananta Shesha. He is a multi-headed, cobra-like serpent incarnation of Lord Vishnu. He is in charge of the false ego and Tamaguna. Uh, at the time of annihilation, it is him who destroys by manifesting the Drudra, the, the, the 11 Rudras from his anger. And uh, the, it is this Ananta Shesha, uh, this incarnation of Lord Vishnu, that Lord Shiva is constantly meditating upon. He, it is said that he supports Bhumadala and, um, on his head, uh, which is like a mustard seed for him, and lives beneath these uh, seven lower planetary systems. Finally, uh, the, 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 there is the talk about the Shishimara constellation. This, uh, in, the, in, in, the, in these 11 chapters of the, of, the, of the fifth canto, this constellation is said to be uh, an incarnation of Vasudeva. It includes the 28 nakshatras plus additional stars and is meditated upon yogis as the wheel of time. It, so it's, it's an artifact so that they can, so they can think about time. And uh, now I will go into actually trying to show you a framework for understanding this. Uh, you know, how, how do we... How yeah, do we, we, have some quest, we have some questions related to this. Okay, um, sure. Um, so... Uh, uh, can, can continue, uh, but make sure there, uh, please, there are time for questions because the questions we're talking about, uh, I think, tie into exactly your next section. Yes, so I'll, I'll try to go quickly through here and, and, and then take questions as, as we go along. How do we understand all of this? Because it's very bewildering. Well, uh, up, if, you, if you've heard, ever heard of a stereographic projection, Maybe, maybe yes, maybe not, but probably everybody has seen a projection map, right? If you take the Earth globe and you just like, you know, squish it and like that, you get this projection map. This is a stereographic projection. And uh, this is an astrolabe here. An astrolabe is a medieval analog calculator that is capable of, especially in, in our case, of identifying stars and planets. When somebody in... Um, in, in the medieval ages, wanted to know like where, well, when when is the moon going to rise? When is the when, when is uh, Venus going to be in this in in a in, in a place where I can see it? And where is it going to be in the sky like that? They used this thing that is called the astrolabe. Down here, there is the uh, it, it's it's where you are. You know, it's 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 a uh, it's the planetary projection of the Earth, where and. These uh, this, these different um, plates they they will they will have the movements of the of the sun the moon the, the the planets like that and in that way you're able to to calculate where on Earth down here you will be able to see uh, you know the, the different the different planets so Bhumandala um, let, let me let, let me let me make a, a statement here what I'm going to show you at this moment is the current understanding that the devotees at the BIHS right now have developed 
having looked at many different models that have been uh, developed over the years. Sariputta Prabhu developed some models. Uh, Danavir Maharaj developed some models. Avaneshwar Prabhu developed some models. Uh, there are so many different models that, that have been developed over the years about, about Bhumangala to understand what it is. What I'm going to present to you here is what we are, what we have been looking at and how we're seeing, we, we, we've re recently understood that there's a, an emergent picture that is coming up. There's an emergent picture that is coming up that is uniting these different understandings. And that is what I'm going to show you. But again, it's a, it's a current understanding. It is not the ultimate truth. What, what, uh, up to now I showed you was what the Bhagavatam says. And what I'm going to explain to you right now is how we are understanding it, uh, in, in, in context with, with what we're seeing. Right. So with that in mind, this would we, would we believe that, that, that Bhumadala here is actually showing is an astrolabe understanding of the universe. The fifth canto description. I'm not, I'm not talking about all of the Bhagavatam description of the universe, but at least the, this fifth canto description can be considered a practical way of understanding the universe. Why would Maharaj uh, Pariksit need to know so much about astronomy? Right? He, he's going to die in seven days. Maharaj Pariksit is going to die in seven days. What is the most important thing that he needs to know about the universe? That is gen generally why, why did, um, why, why did, um, people in the in medieval ages want to know anything about astronomy because of the very practical application of astrology when you know astrology then you can then you can know oh this is the best time for a yagya this is the most suspicious time to leave your body this is the time you know when, when all, all of these things can be done through astrology and for astrology you need to know the placement of the different um, of the different planets, right? And so these, these, uh, you will have Pumandala, which is right here at the bottom, right? It is said that the sun is 100,000 yojanas above Pumandala. The moon is 200,000. The, the nakshatras, the, 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 the star systems, the constellations are 400,000 yojanas, like that, all the, all the way up to Druvaloka. So it's giving you like different, um, the different plates of the, of, of the, of the astrolabe. Right, and how does how, how does um, Maharaj Parikshit, uh, sorry, how, how does uh, Shukadev Goswami use this Bhumandala astrolabe uh, to explain to Maharaj Parikshit uh, things? He uses it to talk about the dun, the sun's daily and yearly motion. He tells him this is how the sun and the year uh, uh, motion of the sun is according to this Bhumandala astrolabe. It tells you. He tells him also the length of the day, how it changes throughout the year, how, uh, in, in specifically in what ways, um, it's shorter in the, in, in the winter and it's longer during, during the summer. And he also uses this Bumanda astrolabe as a way to, uh, tell, tell him how the planets, uh, according to their motions have different influences. Like, uh, Venus is, is, um, uh, always suspicious. Uh, Mars is auspicious when it goes in this way, but if it, if it goes retrograde, then it's inauspicious or in, in some way like that. And this is what you understand, you know, from, from, uh, from astrology. Astrology needs to know, as you, as you can see here, where the different planets 
are going to be at different times. And you notice that this is a mandala, uh, right? Uh, a projection. Now, what about that vertical dimension? You know, it, this, this has been a, a, a headache for a lot of devotees uh, for many years, and it's to understand when, why is the sun closer than the moon to Bumandala, right? You notice here, the sun is said to be 100,000 yojanas. 100,000 yojanas says 800,000 miles, but according to, to modern physics, it should be 93 million miles away from us. And how is it that, that the sun is closer than the moon? And they asked Prabhupada so many questions about that. How is it possible that, 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 that the, sun, the sun is closer to the moon? And why, like, they, they couldn't understand. Well, if you understand it from the point of view of this astrolabe, then you will know that the heights are not necessarily physical. You're just talking about the different, um, the different plates there. And actually, these heights seem to be more connected with astrology. For example, in astrology, which are the, uh, the planets that are, that are most, um, uh, that are most influential for the astrological chart? The sun and the moon. Guess what? Those are the very first ones, right? Now, the nakshatras come afterwards because the, the nakshatras, according to the Bhagavatam, they're the, the wives, they're the wives of the moon god. And after the nakshatras, then you have Venus, Mercury, and Mars, which are the inner planets, and they describe the, the, a person's uh, inner state of mind. And Jupiter and Saturn, they're said to be the outer planets that describe how a person, uh, they describe more of a person's uh, uh, environment and the external influences, his social life, things like that. So the, this, um, the, the, this um, list here, seems to be more connected with astrology than with a specific uh, physical height. And uh, we should also mention that this is not just your typical astrolabe because Bumandala is not just Earth. Here, this is Bharat Varsha, which is the southern uh, most Varsha of, uh, of Jambudvip, right? And if you, if you take, according to, to uh, Vishwana Chakravarti Thakur, the commentaries by him and the commentaries by, by Sridhar Swami, they say that actually this is, these descriptions of, of the uh, humans here, you know, having, uh, taking birth according to their karma and all that, that actually happens only on the last of the nine islands that Bharat Varsha is divided into. That last one has a diameter of, sorry, yes, a diameter of 1,000, uh, 1,000 yojanas, which is actually the, the diameter of the earth. So it's, it's, a, it's an astrolabe that is including a bigger reality. And why can't we see that uh, reality, as I mentioned before? Because maybe there might be extra spatial dimensions. Uh, maybe our minds can only perceive within a range of the modes. Or maybe we're just in a Kali Yuga lockdown where the, where the demigods are you know, keeping us from, from you know, uh, putting our trash in their, in their nice gardens. So thank you very much, and uh, uh, I welcome any and all questions that are going to start flowing from here. Okay, oh, we have some questions from chat. I'll give, boy, I can't, you did that so quickly and so well. Thank you very much. Um, we'll begin with um, uh, um, uh, the sun moves in uh, Antarctica, 
from Lord Indra's place in east to Yama's place in south to Varuna's place in west to Soma's place in north. That makes one day of devatas. But how does day and night happen on earth as per the Bhagavatam? I thought we did that one already. We did. Okay. That, that, I said that, that, that for that one, I, I will need a couple of, uh, of extra minutes because I have a couple of slides that, that do it. So yeah. I, I just want to know, is everybody okay with that? Because let's uh, take, I know, I, I know let's your bandwidth is at this moment. Let's take okay. the other ones first. There's something from Mukhi and from Dayananda Prabhu. Okay. Let's yeah, uh, 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 Dayananda, um, uh, uh, he's left us, but I chatted with him privately uh, and actually answered his question. But here's the question. I think the whole group would like to know, and, he, and you've talked about it. What do you think of Sadaputta's theory that there are different perspectives of the universe? That is, from the view of modern scientists, yogis, siddhantas, puranas, Brahma, Bhagavan, um, uh, he was saying that Sadaputta said there are different ways of looking at it. Yeah, the, the Bhagavatam has many different ways of looking at it. Uh, each, each verse, each verse in the Bhagavatam, doesn't matter you know, it has many different ways of understanding it, both uh, grammatically and uh, and also, you know, in in, in different contexts. That 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 that's, that, that we're we're very much aware of. Yes. Uh, uh, can you oh, can you find Nandi Mukhi's question? Because I know I I don't have other. Oh, I have it in front of me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I I pasted all the questions into a document, so make it easier. Okay. When Lord Varaha lifted the Earth from the Garbhodaksha Ocean. It refers to the planet Earth we live on or to Bumandala. Uh, good question. Part two. How do you locate planet Earth on Jambadweep? Is planet Earth only one of the nine Varsas in Jambadweep? Thank you. Okay, so the first one. That's a very good question. I have been looking through, through, the, through the Sanskrit to understand exactly, you know, what, what does it say exactly? You know, does it talk about you know, uh, uh, Bumandala, or does it talk about, you know, uh, Bugola, you know, the, the, the round earth? What does it talk about? It says, Kshiti Mandala. Uh, the, you know, which is like, okay, so it's, it, it just says Kshiti, just says Kshiti, the, the, the earth. It, it, it never says the, a Mandala, or it never says Gola, it never says, so it, it's, it's very ambiguous. In, in all of the places where, where, where he, is said to be lifting. He says that that he lifts the earth, the kshiti, and and you go well. What is this kshiti? Is, is it is it flat? Some some commentators, such as Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, they have said, well, I think it must be the 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 uh, plane. You know, it must be a plane. And so they they he said, uh, but how could a plane fall down into the into into the water? If it has, if it's, if it goes all the way up to, to the edge of the universe, you, you understand that? If, if it goes all the way up to, up to the edge of this round universe, how is it possible for it to sunk into? So he has, so he said, well, maybe the diameter is a little bit smaller and in that way it can actually come into. Um, that's one way of looking at it. Uh, some other people, um, you know, for example, Srila Prabhupada, he, uh, he saw the, the, the paintings of Varahadev uh, lifting the earth as a, as a globe, and he accepted it. He, he, he said like, to the disciples, okay, yes, you know, that, that, that goes like that. And there are some others where uh, 
in 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 uh, India, where you see Varhadev with a flat, with 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 a with a flat disc on his tusk. So is it one or is it the other? From what I just told you, uh, our understanding is that this flat plane, this 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 this, um, this disc, is really a projection. It is really a projection of a higher dimensional reality. We're not talking about a literal plane. We're talking about a projection of a higher dimensional reality that is being used here as an astrolabe for the purpose of Jyotish, for the purpose of astrology. Now, what does it look like? You know, Bharat Varsha and, and uh, Jambudvip and, and all these other, what does it look like? when you unproject it, right? When you, when you do the reverse projection, what does it look like? We don't know yet. That is one of the things that, that we are, um, that, that we are uh, researching right now at the Bhaktivedanta Institute for Higher Studies. What, if, we, if you unproject it, what will you see? Or if you were, you know, if you were the Pandavas, if, if you were the, 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 the uh, Maharaj Parikshit, who was actually able to go through, through some of these different varshas, what, what would he see? Would he see like a bigger, uh, a bigger earth, you know, that, that, that we have no access to, or would he see like different, different, um, uh, worlds that are connected like through wormholes, you know, through, through portals. We, we don't know yet. We're, we're, we're looking into, into these possibilities at this moment. You're muted through. Now some more questions. Okay. And by now we assume everyone is getting spaced out. <laughs> okay. That, that was a bad joke. Um, Physicists have shown that the entire universe could be represented by a holographic projection from a distant screen or plate. And that's from Andy. Any questions, on, any comment on that? Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm working on with this professor at SUNY. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 is, that is my, that, that is my uh, uh, you know, research as, as a physicist. Uh, it's, it's something very interesting. And uh, there's a lot to, to look into that because of the many um, things that it has in common with the, with, with the Sankhya philosophy. And uh, hopefully in, in years to come, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that, about that connection. Okay. Uh, we have another question. Um, uh, this one, uh, a little more difficult. Uh, what are the approximate dimensions of the Rahu planet? Rahu planet. Um, I don't. I can't remember at this specific moment if uh, if the Bhagavatam gives the dimensions or not. Definitely in the in the Surya Siddhanta it it, it does. Uh, what what the Bhagavatam does say is that uh, well, not the Bhagavatam directly. What Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur and uh, Sridhar Swami say about Rahu is that Rahu is if you if you look at this. It's actually between Bhumandala and the sun. It's, I believe, 10,000 yojanas below the sun. And so they say that because of that, the, the Rahu never actually eats the moon because the, the, the as, as, as the, as, as it said some, in some places, uh, because it, it, you know, the, the moon is 200,000 yojanas above Bhumandala and, uh, Rahu is only 90,000 yojanas above it. But, uh, it could be said that the Rahu uh, envelops, you know, it envelops the the, the 
uh, the moon in darkness. You know, it swallows it in darkness. And in, in, so in that poetical way of saying it swallows it in darkness, you, you could say that, that um, it has eaten it. Okay. Um, I, uh, I am uh, going to unmute Nanda Muki and ask her to, uh, I'm going to request that she ask her question on Druvaloka. Okay. Let me see where. And ask her to speak loudly because she's very soft-spoken. Okay, yeah, it's not working, so I'll read the question. Um, she, can, she can unmute herself. Yeah, oh, now she's, yeah. she is. We're ready now. Hare Krishna Prabhu, can you hear me? Yes, yes, definitely, Mataji. Okay, thank you so much. Um, so my question about Juvaloka is, like, how do we compare Juvaloka and the pole star? Because exactly on the slides which you are showing now, it said Juvaloka is above the Sapta Bishi. And this is actually um, within the Shishumara constellation, uh, which is below the Juvaloka, which uh, that is... Um, located at the topmost place within the universe. Uh, yes, if you if you notice that the Shishumara also has the nakshatras, right? It has the twenty eight nakshatras in it, uh, and it, uh, and, it, and it has Druvaloka like that. So uh, it is what, what what we can what we can say is that um, the the Shishumara is more of something that you can see directly with your eyes. And that's why it's, um, you know, it's, it's a constellation because you're able to see, see it from, from here. Basically, if, if you look at it from, from the point of view of, of all of these different plates, you know, coming together, and then you see the, the, the big picture. Uh, it's not just located, you know, on Druvaloka or just located on the next address because otherwise it, it wouldn't make sense. It, it's possible that, that, um, that most of the stars are you know, in in a place that that, that is in, in between, but uh, but the Shimara Mount uh, Shimara constellation uh, is made up of all of these different stars, and just just as the different constellations that we see nowadays here, you know, if you for example, if you say them, uh, yeah, any even even Septarishi, the, the 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 Ursa Major, right, the Big Dipper. The, all of the stars are not on the same plane. If you see, actually, they're on um, different distances from Earth. But from the point of view of Earth, they all look to be in the same, you know, in, in the same uh, plane, right? So like that, uh, we, can, we can understand the Shishamara, that maybe all the stars are not in the same plane, but when you see it from here, they will, see, they will all seem to be in the same plane. Does that, does that answer your question? Um, Hare Krishna, thanks. Uh, actually, I was about to ask, how do we compare Dvaloka to the pole star? Are they the same thing? Or is that the pole star is within the Shishumara constellation, whereas Dvaloka is way above the Shishumara? Yeah, Dvaloka is, uh, it, it, it is part of the Shishumara constellation uh, because it, it's at the tail. It is, it is said to be at the tail. But again, if you uh, if you take it from our point of view here, if you look up into the into the sky, then all of it will become just one plane, right? You can't see the 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 distances, the difference of distances between the stars from here from the Earth. And from the point of view of a yogi who is meditating up up there, 
you know, to looking towards the stars. He won't see the, di the different uh, distances. He won't say like, oh, this is, this is so much closer than this one. No, he will just see, you know, the, the whole constellation as, as in one plane. And that is the Shishimara constellation. So the different stars may be in different, uh, di different uh, uh, heights or different things from, from, from us. But when you see it from the point of view of a yogi looking up into the stars, they're all in the same plane. Does, does that make more sense? Yes, thank you so much. I think okay. I will stop here, thanks. Okay. We have a few more questions. We have two from uh, uh, Manoj. Uh, what is the key factor of a jiva entering into or taking residency of these different lokas? Punya or consciousness at the time of leaving the body? Uh, I would say both. You have to have, you know, certain acumen. You have to have, you know, uh, like if you want to go to the, to, to the moon planet, you have to do so many yagyas. You have, so many, you have to do so many uh, sacrifices to be able to get all the punya necessary for it. Uh, and you also have to, you know, th these, you have, also have to have the desire to go there. You know, that consciousness that, you know, that this is the place where I want to be. This so that's how you go anywhere in this, in this universe. If you have the desire to go to a place and if you have the, the cash, if you, if you have that, that, that cash that, that will allow you to, to be there. I can, I can desire to go to, uh, to, uh, Satiloka, but if I don't have, you know, the, 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 the punya to go there, I won't be able to, to go. Uh, next question, uh, Garuda and Hanuman, in spite of being unalloyed devotees of the Lord, also reside in these lokas. Is it because they have some service there, or just that proximity has nothing to do with devotion to the Lord? Uh, they, they, they have, they have both, again. In, uh, in, they, they, they may be having some, it is said in the, what is it, in the, uh, Brihad Bhagavatamrita, right? It is talked about how Hanuman, uh, when, uh, when Arda Muni came to, to see him, uh, he, he saw him, he was just like, like crying and, you know, just like in, in a, in a pitiful state of being because he said that, that Lord Ramachandra had left him there in, in, uh, in Kimpurusha Varsha. And he was just doing his, his service. And when they, when they talked about like, Oh, you know, maybe, maybe we should go and, uh, and this is the Pandavas, you know, and, uh, Narada Muni became so excited and said like, yeah, let's go visit the Pandavas because, you know, there is such great, great devotees. But then Hanuman said like, no, I have my service here. I have to stay here. Well, uh, a related question. How do the materialist people attain sub heavenly kingdom? Um, which you mentioned have opulence could be greater than Indraloka. Did they do pious activities? Yes, this is connected to the, to the previous uh, question, the two, two questions ago. Let's say that, that you have a lot of good, you know, a lot of punya. You know, you did uh, a lot of, you know, pious activities. But your consciousness is such that you don't want to submit to God. You know, there's a lot of atheists that are actually very good ethical people. Right? But they don't want to, they don't want to believe in God. They don't want to submit to Him. So what happens to them? Well, they get to enjoy because that, 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 that's the rule of the game. If you did pious activities, you have, you, you have to enjoy. 
So where do they go to enjoy? Not in a place full of devotees, because they're, you know, they, they, their, their mentality is not, you know, I, I want to go, you know, where, where everybody's, uh, you know, with God. So they will go to a place like, uh, like the Danavas and the Daityas and all, all these. If you notice, uh, Shukacharya, he is a, he's a, he's a spiritual teacher for, for these people. And, uh, they're doing yagyas so that they can get power, so that they can defeat the demigods. So they're very pious, uh, Bali Maharaj, which, you know, he, he, he was, he was giving a lot of, um, uh, charity so that, you know, because it's very pious and, and, and he will get a lot of strength and, uh, worshiping the Brahmanas, all of these things, they're pious activities. And with that, you get more, more affluence. Uh, I shall ask a question now. There's several more here, but I'll ask the question. How does all this discussion we're having today take us closer to Krishna? Well, as I, as I mentioned before, we, throughout all of this discussion, Krishna has been coming, come, you know, popping up again and again in all the questions, either through Hanuman, through, through, uh, through Bali Maharaj, uh, through Garuda, right? All these things we've been talking about, Dhruva, you know, we're remembering uh, uh, Dhruva Maharaj. We're we're constantly thinking about uh, about Krishna in in different in different aspects here. Okay, um, uh, let's go on. Um, um, Mithi, I have a question, please. So my question is, <laughs> it shows my level of consciousness. Um, but, and either of you too, either of you, or if Krishna is on the call, she could also reply. How do really intelligent people like y'all, um, how do you believe in mangoes the size of elephants and, uh, you know, and the Ganges gone coming down and, the, you know, all, all the really, you know, as we would say in the 70s, far out descriptions. So, you know, this whole class has been really going into these, these, um, these details of things like like a engineer would go into something they obviously believe in whatever widget they're creating and they're just you know trying to explain it and you're also like explaining like this is absolutely what's happening in the world but we're just trying to figure it out so how do intelligent people like you uh accept these you know like, you know uh ocean of liquor you know all the th cool things that are mentioned it's almost a personal question, in one sense. No, it's, it's, it's a good question. Um, I'll give you. I'll give you my response. Probably, uh, and Mother Krishna might have others, but uh, personally, I go. Why not? You know, if you actually start looking at the world around us, like really looking, there are so many far out things, like absolutely wild. Look into into what life is like in the in in the lowest parts of the of the ocean. There are squids that are humongous. I mean, humongous that, that, that they, they they can wrap around a whale. There are animals that that, that have that, that have you know like uh, abilities that that, that that people like that, that's 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 so weird. You know, we, we've never seen anything like that. Uh, the what what they eat. Where, where they go, you know, it's just, it's just like amazing. Now, it's just that we're not constantly in, you know, looking at these, at these animals. You know, we're, 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 in a, we, 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 we're only in, in, you know, we're living in, in, in big cities, right? 
next to next to computers. So what is our understanding of the world really? Uh, Going uh, to a jungle. Uh, 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 why don't you present Sadaputa's um, uh, a, a, an analysis of walking down the street in a two-dimensional world with a three-dimensional building? Okay. Yeah, the, I, I think I think that helps with this. And, and Prabhu's, I realize we're going over time. If, if for those who have to go, of course, that's understandable. But I'm seeing that almost everyone has stayed on. So please continue. One of the, one of the things that Teluputa Prabhu said was also the following: uh, Imagine that you that you're told by somebody like, "Hey, you know, why don't you come and visit me at my penthouse? You know, I have a beautiful jacuzzi. You know, there, there's there's like this beautiful garden." That, that, that I have there and, uh, you know, that, um, you know, all, all of these amenities, you know, come, come in and, and, uh, and visit me. And so he gives you the address and you go to, to that, uh, building, right? That, that skyscraper. And you're in the first floor in the lobby and you go like, well, I don't see any jacuzzi. I don't see like the, the, the big garden. Well, maybe there's, there, there's a plant here, but that's not a garden, you know, is it? So is it, well, you still have to take the elevator all the way up to the to, to the to the floor. So you may the address, you know, may be the same. You're you're in the same address. You're in exactly the same place. He gave you the right address. He didn't give you the wrong address. You can say like, I, I came here and I'm seeing something different. Why am I seeing something different? Well, because you have to take the elevator. You have to take it into go into that third dimension to be able to to access that. That, that penthouse. Otherwise, what you're going to see in the same place, in the same exact location that, that, that he gave you, what you're going to see is the lobby. Which takes us back to earlier questions. Are there more dimensions than we could see? Certainly, the string theorists, such as Brian Green, um, they can only resolve their, uh, their, um, their cosmological View, views with multi-dimensions. Um, uh, that's probably beyond what we can get in today, but it's certainly an area at the BI uh, we're writing about. Um, I'm going to go now to uh, 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 Raghunandan. Uh, uh, if you like, you can unmute and ask your question. Yes, Prabhu. Thank you so much. And thank you for this uh, nice, wonderful presentation. It's a fascinating and interesting subject to me personally. And thank you for presenting it in a so uh, detailed way. Thank you. Um, from, from my readings and uh, the presentation, it looks like there are multiple different perspectives that are being projected to the same thing. And not much information is provided from which reference point of view that perspective is being talked about. Because if you go back to the slide where you were talking about the Ganges coming down, mm -hmm. the Dhruva Loka was in a different position and there was another representation in that same slide that showed Dhruva Loka to be in a different uh, level. Uh, so it, it gives me or it leads me to think that it is two different perspectives of looking at the same thing, but it doesn't give me the information from what point of reference I, am I looking at it so that it looks two in two different perspectives? So that's the first part of the uh, uh, the observation that I had. And 
in this current slide, the vertical dimension that you have, uh, Bo Mandala is at the uh, is at where we are at, and then we have Sun, Moon, and the Yojanas are given. These are not corresponding to the actual distances from uh, the uh, the Earth planet, but they are still specifying some uh, distances in Yojanas. So, what is the purpose of listing these uh, Yojanas? Is it like you go to that plane and then use that uh, yojana to calculate where actually the place is, uh, just like you were talking about the physical location of the address. But once you have come there, then you have to figure out to what level I have to go to to that penthouse to see the actual place. So is that something like that that's happening there? Okay, those those are very good questions. So uh, let me let me see if I can get uh, the first one. So your first question was uh, the from from which point of view, right? Um, if you if you notice here, you know I'm talking about Druvaloka. Uh, I'm going all the way up to Druvaloka here. The previous ones, uh, let me see where where is it? Uh, where the descent of the Ganges? It actually follows the same one. The uh, Druvaloka you see here, Saptarishi. Then it's um, Shani, which is um, uh, Saturn. Jupiter, uh, Mars, Mercury, Venus, the group of stars, which is which is the the, the uh, nakshatras, the moon and the sun, right? Now there are some others be, below it that, that that I didn't mention, but uh, but uh, they, they 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 are they are mentioned in the in the Bhagavatam later on, like Rahu that, that is ten thousand years in us, Siddha Charanaloka. So it it is the it is it is the same it is the same. Um, uh, thing, but there are just more more in here than than, than I, I talked about. There there's uh, there, there's planets above here that I did not talk about, uh, like Satyaloka, Tapaloka, Janaloka, Maharloka. These ones are not really talked about in the Bhagavatam itself in the fifth canto, but we know about it because uh, Vishwanath Chakravartitakur mentions them, quoting from the Vishnu Purana. So this is still this is still uh, congruent with, with that other picture. It's the same the same picture like that. Now, from whose point of view is this being talked about, right? That's a big question. Uh, what is the the point of view that then? The point of view, if you see, it's constantly Shukadev Goswami talking to Maharaj Parikshit in a very practical way for him, what he is able to experience. Everything there is about. In how he is able to experience the, the, the world like that. In Maharaj Pariksit's time, he was able to experience uh, the different varshas. He was able to go to those different varshas. We can't do it nowadays, but he could. He could. And constantly, that, that's, that's the point of view. Why, why does he talk about the, the, the pole star? And why doesn't he talk about the Southern Cross? You know, the, the Southern Cross is, the, is like the, the pole star of the South. People in the in the in the in the, uh, in the southern hemispheres, like in Australia, they don't see the pole star. What they see is the Southern Cross and everything revolving up around the Southern Cross. Why doesn't he talk about the Southern Cross? He, well, he does talk about it in the ninth canto very briefly, but but in the fifth canto, he is talking to him in a very practical way. So you, Maharaj Pariksit, you are here in um, in, in uh, India, right? In Hastinapur, Hastinapur, which is uh, modern day New Delhi. Right, that. So I'm going to talk to you from the from your perspective. From your perspective, this is what it looks like. We, we have some 
We have some more questions. Let me uh, bring up a totally non-controversial question. Um, regarding the often debated moon excursion, even India sent an unmanned mission recently. Has anything changed? Can you please say something also about the Van Allen radiation belt? I have some comments on that, but I'll, you go first, Merle, and then we'll maybe I can add something. Yeah, so, you know, you, we're, we're, we're not saying that, that you can't put, you know, probes and you can't go to, to, to the moon, you know, with, with these artifacts. Uh, you know, whether we actually did back in the 70s or something like that, I'll, I'll leave that for people to debate, right? Uh, right now, we, we have been sending the, all of these uh, probes there and they have been looking at it. And again, you know, it's, what are they looking at? They're probably looking at the, the lobby. They're not looking at the penthouse. The moon it is said to be a heavenly planet. It is said to be actually a water world. The moon is, is a heavenly planet that is a, a water world. Now, if, if, if we, anybody that, 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 that with a telescope, they'll see like, where, where's there water? We, you can't see any water like that. Well, what are you looking at, really? You're looking at the, at, the, at the lobby. You're not looking at the penthouse. You have no access to the penthouse at this moment. And, and I can give a, a personal example of this. Um, I had the great fortune of um, going to Vrindavan recently, two Kartiks in a row, and getting to stay every day with Purijan Prabhu and Indradumna Swami and other great sadhus. And uh, 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 and and I spend many hours before going, doing a lot of reading and kind of trying to clear my consciousness. And I actually, while in Vrindavan, could understand the unseen hand of Krishna actually become somewhat visible. And it is a very mystical place. And I never had that experience in Vrindavan before. But I had to work hard to even get a little glimpse of it. Now, while I'm in Vrindavan, I'm watching these tourist buses come. And in Vrindavan now, uh, uh, before COVID, tourist buses were, were the thing, from, especially from Delhi. So people come on a tourist bus, they get out, take some pictures of sadhus, take some pictures of pigs, wander around a little, um, observe the curiosities, get in a bus, and leave. Could they possibly be experiencing the same Vrindavan I did when I'm getting intimate association with sadhus when I spent six months preparing to go there? The answer to me was clearly no. They're not seeing the same Vrindavan I see. So when Prabhupada says to go to a heavenly plane, you need a qualification. I was just reading what Prabhupada was having a conversation, just reading this yesterday, in fact, was having a conversation with a man saying, well, to go to the moon, you don't have the right body, so you have to spend $40,000 on a, on a special suit because you don't have the right body to go there. You don't have a, a, a celestial body suitable for the moon, so you spend $40,000 on a suit and bring back a bag of rocks. What have you accomplished? What have you accomplished with your bag of rocks? So sometimes Prabhupada says we didn't go to the moon. Sometimes he says, what have you accomplished if you're brought back a bag of rocks? I don't have any trouble reconciling it because in no way did they really 
go enter the moon atmosphere so have a suitable body. So if they went in the spacesuit or they didn't go in the spacesuit, that's not very relevant to me. Um, so uh, that's the moon question. The second part of this question, I go back to Merle Gopal. Do you have any comments on the Van Allen radiation belt? Well, I have one comment I'll say first as a geologist. Uh, the Earth's magnetic field reverses every uh, several hundred thousand years. We're due for one now, and it does. Uh, uh, the Van Allen radiation belt actually disappears. It will create an interesting suntan for the rest of us. But now I'll go to Merle Gopal. Well, I mean, some, some people have... Uh have um, uh, problems with the uh, Van Allen belt because they say like, well, you know, once you leave it, you know, then, you know, you're going to get all of this radiation and like that. And, you know, how do you, th th there's, there's a lot, but well, you know, we, we create all of these um, uh, different uh, suits that, that could, you know, do, do something about it. Um, have we, have we, again, did we do it back in the 70s or did we not? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to speculate on, on that because there's, there's so much, you know, in the, in the debate, you know, is it, did, did we go, did we not? But, uh, uh, could we create one right now? You know, it's, it's possible that we could create one right now. And that's what, you know, people like Elon Musk are trying to do in order to be able to go to, to, uh, to Mars and, and the moon and all that. Okay, um, let's go on. Uh, just uh, uh, we'll try to wrap up soon. But um, question: Do the yojanas do they refer to physical dimensions? Um, uh, well, let me ask Manjo to ask the question. I don't quite follow it. Uh, um, uh, we will uh, find you on here and unmute you. Uh, Manjo Prabhu is his name. Oh, oh okay. I just see the English name. Okay. Um, I was asking uh, the mentioned yojanas. Are there? Uh, are they the real physical dimension? Are the sizes of the locus or planets are uh, to the extent of their influence? Like. Uh, yeah, the, the, that's that's, a, that's an interesting question. That's that's one that we're still trying to um, to answer for for ourselves. So, as I mentioned, the one way that we can understand this um, this um, these distances here are not necessarily, you know, uh, not necessarily a physical dimension. Could be, but not necessarily, because you you, you run into troubles. You, you have you run into the trouble of well you know why why is the sun closer than the moon why is the moon closer you know uh, why why are the nakshatras closer than, than Venus and all that it doesn't make any sense uh, but astrolo you know in astrology this um, the sequence seems to make sense and if you put it in terms of of uh, of uh, plates one on top of the other it you know it also makes sense so. Does it, does it also, what, one possibility that we're also looking into right now, it's, it's not, we're, we're just investigating, is does it maybe tell you about, you know, uh, another, another dimension? Or does it tell you, for example, the degree of sattva guna? You know, could it be that, that, that 
that as you go up this this thing, the the Sataguna uh, is is higher and higher until you get to Satyaloka where it's the highest. We don't know. We're we're, we're investigating that, but but it's a, it's a good question. Okay, um, well, I'm going to do a few more questions. Um, let me see. Can you talk okay. about time dilation? Time dilation. How does that work? Yeah. So what what I what I was speaking about here in this uh, in this slide was that there there might be time dilation. That means when when people have gone to these other realms, for example, there, there's there's a story in China where where somebody you know went through one of these holes and and saw all of these beautiful women and he, he was distracted and then he decided like, well, I can't stay here. I have to go back to to my family and like that. So he went he went back uh, after much difficulty and when he went back, uh, you know, everybody had already died. You know, he, he was still, he was still, you know, just, he had just left for a, a few days, but in his town, years and years had passed. So there's this time dilation that happened so that he didn't just go and come back through normal ways. But when he went and came back, there, there, there was this time dilation that, that allowed him to, to live, you know, in, in a few days what other people lived in, in, in years. And it seems that many times, also there's the story of uh, King Kakudmi when he went to to Satyaloka to uh, to ask his uh, to, to ask, well, which of these people uh, that are down there, which one which one of them is suitable to for me to marry my daughter? Uh, and he said, like, and Lord Brahma started laughing, said, like, all those people are already dead, and all of their generations and generations, they, they all died. You know, they, they, you can't even uh, hear of their names uh, now, nowadays. So that when, when you're traveling in between these different uh, levels, these different plates, it seems that, that, that there's more than just, uh, you know, oh, let me, let me, let me take, uh, uh, let, let, let me take a walk there. It, it's more than just three dimensional dis, uh, displacement. Okay. Um, um, let me see. I'm, we're going to finish up with um, three questions. Could, could, I, could I show at least because I feel bad that, that I didn't uh, answer the question of uh, what was the name? Sundar? Sundar, Sundar Gopal. Uh, go for it. Yeah, let me, let me just show you a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm just going to like browse through this and later on, you, you know, we can talk about it afterwards if you want. Um, the, the motion of the, of the sun and, the, and like that. Uh, Shukadev Goswami talks about the, the yearly motion and the and the uh, and the motion uh, the daily motion, and and the way he, that, that he describes it is as the potter's wheel, because uh, Maharaj Prakash said like I don't get it. You said that the sun goes clockwise around Mount Meru, but you also said that, that the sun goes anti-clockwise around Mount Meru. How is that possible? He said, Well, I'll, I'll explain to you through the potter's wheel. And he said, imagine that a potter's wheel is going like this, like um, uh, clockwise, but that the ants are going uh, counterclockwise. So the ants would be like the, uh, the yearly motion of the sun going around Mount Meru. And this, um, sorry, and this um, uh, motion here is the daily motion of the, of the sun. Now, how, how do we see it better? I'll, I'll, I'll show you here. The sun goes around the earth, 
in, in the, in, 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 from, from this perspective, from this uh, geocentric perspective, uh, this projection perspective. It goes around the Earth once every 24 hours, right? But as it does, it also starts traveling a little bit towards the inside and a little bit towards the outside. Mm. So that uh, when it's in the winter, it's out here and it's going around in circles 24 hours like that. But when it's during the equinox, you know, it has traveled a little bit inside. And when it's further inside, it's now during the summer and it goes like that. And I'll just give you a, a, a movie to show you. Do you see the sun out here? And it starts moving towards the inside, towards the inside. And now it's completely inside. Now it's the summer. And now it's going back out. It's going back out. And now this is the equinox here. And now here's the winter solstice. So that's how the, the, the motion of the... And uh, you, by, by this, you can also see that if you're, if you're out here, if you're in position B, you're going to be faster. And if you're in position A, uh, you're going to be slower. Even though you're going at 24 hours, you're, you're, you're doing one turn in 24 hours. If you're out here in B, because you have to do this in 24 hours, you're going to go, be going faster. In A, you're going to go around here in 24 hours, so you're going to be going slower. Do you see that? Uh, and because of that, the Bhagavatam says that the, uh, you know, it's, it, it has different speeds. Low, high, and moderate. So is I hope. There, is there is there any role in, in, in uh, the uh, is there any role of Earth moving around the axis? Is that uh, any role? No. Here, 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 the, the 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 idea here is that you're looking at a projection. This is not. This is how it looks like from a projection point of view. For if you if you unproject it, you're going to see what they tell you in school that here's the sun in the center and here's the, the the earth around it going like that. But from this projection, this is what it would look like. Okay, um, uh, we're going to have a few questions that maybe we don't get to. Uh, a couple I answered on the chat. Uh, one question um, was about time dilation. And in fact, Einstein did propose such a thing. Uh, the Bhagavatam beat him to it, but um, that's okay. We give him some credit. It was smart of him. Um, uh, and uh, somebody asked about the correspondence of the planets in the, Euro in the orbits and dimensions of the islands. That's some of the substance of Mysteries of the Sacred Universe. So we'll defer to that book on it, but it discusses in, 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 in great detail on there. Um, uh, last question um, well, um, is yes. Go on. I, I I do have to to leave now because I have um I I have a class right now. I I, I said, um, yeah. I I, I I told them that I'm I'm going to start at twelve thirty because I, oh, I, that, my class okay. would go up to twelve o'clock only. That, that's good because uh, you know it's been we went a half hour over. So I want to on behalf of the Bhakti Vibhava class in. Uh, Washington, D.C., thank Niligopal Prabhu, uh, Brahmatirtha Prabhu, Krishna Devi, and all the devotees for joining. And now you completely understand the fifth canto, so at least in the Bhakti Vaibhava class, I don't expect any more questions that I can't answer. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and let me say, uh, um, uh, you can go to our webpage, uh, B-I-H-S, 
uh, studies, BIH studies, Bhaktivedanta Institute uh, for Higher Studies. And uh, you can contact us and if you like. We're going to put out a newsletter soon. Our first newsletter will be coming out. And I think our most popular column is tentatively named Ask a Nerd. And um, you, you can post uh, your questions, and we'll do the best we can. And uh, in this field, uh, some of the best we can is we don't know. We're looking at it. And we're also always looking for volunteers who have good scholarly backgrounds to work with the BI. And you can privately write us. And if you want to write me privately, I'll uh, post my email on here. And uh, uh, we welcome your questions and comments. Thank you very much. It's been a, a great pleasure for us to speak to um, uh, such an audience with so many brilliant and smart questions and people have studied this and thought about it. We, I, I mean, I'm overwhelmed by the wonderful association I have. Uh, and I apologize to those questions uh, that we didn't get to. Thank you very much. Thank Hare you. Krishna.